0: Dear Lord, we are very grateful for your word, we're grateful for this time in it, it's a comfort and an encouragement, in your son's name, amen. It happens that, you know, these informal series sort of develop, mostly because when you preach about something, and you keep thinking about that something you preach about, you um, your thought moves on to another aspect of it, then yea, verily, another week goes by and your mind was still is on the same subject. A couple weeks ago, I was preaching in Romans 12 about how we avoid the good, what is the will of God, what is good uh, and perfect, because we actually don't want to find out. We don't want it to be transformed. We know we ought to be, but we just would rather have the professionals think about the faith not ourselves. So last week I I was out of Ephesians chapter one and where Paul is praying for the Ephesians growth in the matter. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. So I was encouraging that this path of, of discovery has certain direction that it goes on that you ought to pursue. I had three what's there. What is the hope? What are the riches? And what is the immeasurable greatness? Those are things I, I should be thinking about. And so I said, well, this week, why don't I just encourage, not say this is the sum total of this, look at that first one. What is the hope to which you have been called? And look at some of the scriptures that may benefit you in the pursuit of the wisdom and the revelation of the knowledge of him when it comes to what is your hope? How important is it? It's one of those words that... that uh, We kind of know. We already know what the meaning of hope is. We hope for things. Well, I hope I'm going to get an A on that test. I hope I uh, get to go to Disneyland this summer. And I would say I hope I don't have to go to Disneyland this summer. Now, we know what hope is. But I don't think we really consider when we're looking at hope, how the scriptures speak of it, and it's not a different animal, but it, you may find that once you've thought about hope, not just hoped, but thought about hope, it is a great aid to how you build your life of faith. Because so many people, they come to you and say, well, I don't know how to believe. I, I don't know if my faith is strong enough help me with my the apostles would say that lord increase our faith everybody you know healing somebody i don't know if i i prayed over him and and i believe that god could heal him but i don't know if he's gonna and i don't know if my faith was slipping because of that or did i have enough faith to get saved we sometimes think oh maybe you've been around long enough for me to have said to you, peace is not a substance that you can go get from God. Okay? Peace is a reaction to what God does in your life. Peace is a state of ease created by a state of order that is put into your life by the government of, in this case, God, God governs your life, brings about a state of order. That is peace. You will feel at ease. Some people think, because they see God words, God was talking about the God words in the reading, and how we could just gloss over faith, love, hope. I don't want you to be those sorts of Christians. We're not, we're not just incantational Christians. You know, Stone Age tribe, where the where the Evan the witch doctor up front casting the bones in the dirt to try to g- get you to believe in our gods more. Christianity is one of the most sensible, true, and wonderful things that, that has ever happened to the world. It is the most. But I want you to be thinking about what happens when you think about hope, what the Scripture says about hope. I have here on the left-hand side a proverb, Proverbs 10. The hope of the righteous ends in gladness, but the expectation of the wicked comes to naught. Now you know about parallelisms in the Old Testament. They will say the same thing, use a different word that, that means the same thing, hope and expectation. Hope is not a sanctified expectation. Expectation is hope, after a fashion. It could be a negative hope. Generally, hope ends up being an expectation that you believe will do you good. You hope for it. I hope I get an A. I don't hope I get a D, unless you were probably going to get an F. What we look at when we look at hope, and this is why I want you to begin, is because it says that you would know what is the hope to which he has called you, and why hope is important for your meditations. Because when you look at hope as an expectation that you want to have happen, it changes how you begin to read the passages. What do you want to have happen? Don't talk about it about hope because we throw the Bible word around. Just say, What I want to have happen is, because sometimes we will be more honest. It's a simple question What do you want to have happen? You know, when you're with your friends and somebody says, What would you do if you won the lottery? Oh, man. We could talk for hours, can't we? What would we do if we won the lottery? It's harder to get them to even talk about life eternal because what they really want to have happen is to win the lottery. So they're happy to talk about that. We're really not into what the hope that God has promised. And so the question is not looking at your faith, but looking at your hope. You know, Like I was saying about the Romans uh, 12 a couple of weeks ago, we know it's good. We just don't really want to know what the will of God is. It's a simple question. What do you want to have happen? So let's look at 1 Peter over here on the right-hand side. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, we have been born anew to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and to an inheritance which is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are guarded through faith, for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, which though perishable is tested by fire, may redound to praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Without having seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with unutterable and exalted joy. As the outcome of your faith, you obtain the salvation of your souls. Now that last bit of description is about how faith has this effect, right? And this description of the person that is having the faith, loving Jesus Christ, not seeing him but believing in him with unutterable and exalted joy, and you go, that didn't just describe me. But then it says, as the outcome of your faith, you obtain the salvation of your souls. Earlier I'd have emboldened in verse 5, guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed at the last time. Verse 7, so that the genuineness of your faith. And we know that we're into a problem that, that has to do with belief, right? We know that faith is central to the faith. We know we're trying to get people to believe. You give C.S. books, Lewis books away. We have apologetics classes. We try to come up with formal arguments. We are constantly trying to prove the creation or prove this is true or that's not true. Because we know that faith saves. If only they'd believe. And the best argument in the world, which would prove the Lord Jesus Christ to somebody, isn't We find enough. But here it is, by the outcome of our faith, we obtain the salvation of your souls. Back at the beginning, which is also in bold, verse 3, by his great mercy we have been born again to a living hope. Look at your hope. How sure... How eager, phrases like unutterable and exalted joy, loving him. Oh, I don't think it's talking about having a, you know, Christian evangelical love affair with Jesus and singing him songs, but we, without having seen him, we love him. We don't just, out having seen him, we believe, but we love This high-value hope, this high-value faith, is due to a high-value hope. We'd like it just to be a magical infusion. There's much theological conversation about whether God's righteousness is infused or imparted. What? What? Because theologians like to argue about things. And... Many Christians, many believers, think it is non-Christian to expect that you be anything. But the Lord is looking at faith because without faith it is impossible to please God. We need to be looking at getting at that faith for us, ourselves, and faith in those that we minister to that we are checking the right box. We're not looking at the faith and going, oh, they don't believe. How will I get them to believe? I'll show them a convincing miracle. I'll tell them a convincing story about missionaries. I'll give them a convincing argument by C.S. Lewis, because the faith is what's absent. Hebrews 6. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise, the unchangeable character of his purpose, he interposed with an oath so that through two unchangeable things in which it is impossible that God should prove false, we have fled for refuge, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to seize the hope that is set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner shrine behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. A lot of weird things in there we're not going to talk about. But I, I bolded things, things like words like more convincingly, unchangeable, impossible, strong encouragement, of the hope that is set before us. What we're looking at in non believers, and what we're looking at in ourselves, is our hope. Why? Oh, because of the next verse, Hebrews eleven one. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. So if you look at your hope. Faith is you, and when you hope in something, and it's a hope in someone that is manifestly good in your life, and I hope they take me to Disneyland. And if you're bad, they will. But if they hope that, but you hope grandma's going to take you to Disneyland, she probably is. It's going to work out for you. Faith pays off. Because faith is just assured hope. So I might want to look at hope. Because so many times it's not whether people have a hard time, I have a hard time believing things, you know. We, We hope in things all the time. Things that we don't see, things that we don't know. That's the nature of hope. It's an expectation. You do not have it. You're capable of hope. The question is for you as a believer, Has my hope been in Christ as it should be? Have I looked to him with unutterable and exalted joy? Do I want this to be so? You know how we talked the last couple of weeks about the impetus to grow in grace and grow in the knowledge of God? And we kind of don't want to. We leave that to the pros so that when I have a problem in my life, I know who to phone, but I don't have to think about it. They'll just tell me what to do to fix this dumb problem I got into, and then I'll get into another dumb problem, and about you know two years later I'll get another counseling appointment because the professionals are going to take care of this. We don't want to know what is the will of God. You need to know that your struggle with faith is because faith is the assurance of what you hope for, And it's hard to believe when everything you hope for is what you want to have happen in your life. What do you want to have happen in your life? You don't really want to have happen what Jesus Christ wants to have happen. You want to have happen that Evan Wilson wins the lottery. Put your own name in where Evan Wilson's was. That's what we want to have happen. I want everyone to love me. I want everyone to, you know, cool things to happen. I want to have good health. I want to have all sorts of hopes, but how could, and you won't get any assurance of those things, right? You look at the odds on the lottery. Try getting hit by lightning. You have better odds. You know that you don't stand a chance. Or as John Barry once said, yes, somebody has to win. But it doesn't have to be you. Now, where your, what your hopes are, what you want to have happen, is it possible that your faith could could build it? No, some people have life turn out for them. They, they want a picket fence, they want 2.5 children, they want a good job, they go to school, they get the house, they get the job, everything works out. saying things don't work out for people. But that's the hope in that thing. And it may work out for you. But don't expect your faith to be magically put into you for Jesus Christ to the salvation of your soul when it is no part of your hope. You don't think of what you want in God cosmologically. You don't think of what you want the next life to be. Because your faith is trying to assure that hope. It's the assurance I have regarding the hope I claim. Look at verse eight uh, chapter 8 of Romans. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but by the will of him who subjected it in hope. See the things bolded, The creation, that's the bunnies and the trees and stuff, has an eager longing. Can you put that in your journal of your thoughts of Jesus Christ? I have eager longing. Without having seen him, I love him. Life is one where I yearn to be with my Christ. Because the bushes, the trees, the bunnies have an eager longing. By the will of him who subjected it in hope. We know we have hope. It's in different things. You need to ask yourself, is the hope you have the biblical hope the hope of glory, the hope of forgiveness, the hope of knowing Jesus Christ your Lord, like all of creation, in which case faith is the assurance of that hope. How sure am I of what I hope for? Because the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and obtain the glorious liberty of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in travail together until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait for the adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Okay? It It just tied you to the creation. The creation has an eager longing. God has subjected it in hope to this futility. We're sharing in that, and then it says... The redemption of our bodies. We're grown for this. And then it says, for in this hope we were saved. You know, we have often in Christian circles, by faith you have been saved. By grace you have been saved through faith. I'd like to add a verse. "By, By assuring your hope you have faith. By knowing knowing that you want the things of God, you want what God offers. You don't want it? Don't try to win somebody to Jesus who doesn't want Jesus or doesn't want anything that Jesus represents, just wants their life of wickedness and folly. They want that. They'll pay. Nobody gets out of here alive. I don't have to fix them. They're accountable for what they do. We, on the other hand, were saved Because we hoped for this. Now, I hope you were saved because you hoped for this. I hope it wasn't because you got all emotionally worked up at a religious meeting and someone sang a song and you went forward. Or you threw a stick in the fire because somebody else threw a stick in the fire at camp. Where you're all under some sort of leverage about, do you want any of this? Do you want what Jesus Christ represents for his whole creation? Not just for you, but for your part in all of it. It is this hope we were saved. Sometimes we, if you we look at a verse, you say, This somehow it sounds really good, but I don't under quite understand it because it's supposed to say, in this faith we were saved. Because I was saved by or in this grace we were saved. But hope? It's a measure that's something you could just measure very naturally. Do I want to have happen what God wants to have happen? A lot of you may have struggled at various points of not wanting to have happen what God wants to have happen. You don't like his way of doing things. Some of you have struggled with the Old Testament deity that said, yeah, I don't like that. I think I should die for that. go, oh, dead. it can't be doing that. I, I don't want that kind of world. I want a world where there are lots of coffee shops and big cookies, places to sit down and type on my novel that I never get done. I want it just to be kind of this glowing moment of personal advancement. No. do You want the world that God has made. Do You want the world that God has designed. Do You want the world that is under the judgment that God is bringing. Do you want the world to be the way God wants it to be. When Jesus Christ prays in the garden, he says, not my will, but thine be done. He wants God's will more than he wants his own. He believes in what God is doing. What's your hope? What do you want? Faith is just the carry-on. It's so easy to believe in things you want. Check if you want it. Because of this hope you were saved. Now, hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what he, we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Now, you go back to that Romans passage, excuse me, the, the, the Hebrews 1, 11 passage, about uh, the faith is the assurance of things hoped for, begin to say, Yeah, I see how this plays into all that I have in Christ. What I'm able to believe is resting on where I grew my hopes what I planted in front of me. We are tempted by the world. When it says you're tempted, when you're lured and enticed by your own desires, this is another path desire can take. This, this is hope. What God offers. We too often are happy to have our other desires pay out. If only I could have my other desires pay out. That I could always pay my bills, I could always watch enough Netflix movies, whatever I wanted to, and not be, and have a really cool, recent phone that could take really good pictures. And what else kind of, what kind of nonsense are we building our hopes on and not thinking of the hope that is set before us? Because in this hope, we were saved. This is, um, this is what God died for. To make this ha- happen, he subjected the whole fut- world to futility and subjected it in hope. When it says, it goes on here in Romans, likewise the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, for the Spirit himself intercedes for us, with sighs too deep for words. He who searches the hearts of men knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Then a famous verse. Know that in everything God works for good with those who love Him, who are called according to His purpose. The verse gets thrown around at every mother whose child just got out of the ER for a broken arm. Oh, no, that God works everything for good. Okay, maybe. That's not what he's talking about, though. We know that we have a good God who is especially good to those who love him, that our hope does not disappoint us, even though we have not seen it, We know we want what God wants. You have a hope in going to Disneyland. You don't know if it's going to happen. You don't know if people are good enough for you. But you know that your God forgives. You know that your God builds up your uh, capabilities in this life and carries you on to glory. You know he is going to pay it out. He's going to work it all for good, regardless of what happens. No matter how much groaning goes on, no many prayers that go up to God, you know to this God, to this good God, my hope rests in him. Because as I build my hopes, when I tell the story of my hope to myself, I'm building the, you might say, the bedrock or the ground of faith. Because faith is the assurance of our hope. In First Peter, because I'm looking in First Peter, the first passage we had at the top, born anew to a living hope. This is what we should be guarding. Too many people who go through doubts in their Christian lives because of some argument placed against a truth claim of Christianity are spending time guarding their faith. They should be guarding their hope. Do you still want what God has offered? And our salvation is one of the is the centerpiece of that what God has offered. But listen to this in 1 Peter 1:10 1, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired about this salvation. They inquired what person or time was indicated by the spirit of Christ within them when they predicting the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glory. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves but you in the things which have now been announced to you by those who preach the good news to you through the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which, angel, into which angels long to look. This good God is not only is he going to work out things for you in terms of um, you know, your typical worries of mom at home, you are standing in a hope that centuries of Gandalfs were struggling with and wondering why they didn't get to see, and then they were told, this is for someone else, and you were the someone else. All the prophets prophesied about this, and searched for this, because they had a longing that it would come up to pass. Abraham was given the promise, and he did not receive what was promised, and you did. You are the end of the epoch of centuries of the most important men in history with magical powers wanting what you have. Speaking of what you would have. And it was so much so that the powers themselves wanted to get an inside skinny on what you ignore because you want to think about winning the lottery. Instead, you want your hopes that you get abs of steel. You want your hopes to be that you would do well at CrossFit. You want your hopes to be that your career will pay out in some sort of notable way to your importance or to your wealth. All of those things are fine to have abs of steel. I've heard about them, that's about as close. God is telling a story, a narrative that is far more epic. Like I said, centuries of prophets announcing to you what angels long to look into. And you don't want to be bothered. We do not want to be bothered. We want to be sidetracked. Oh, a squirrel! You know, because that's more interesting to us than... Centuries of prophecies, angelically curious points of fact, and is central to you. Born again to a living hope, you have been given this hope, and you're not thinking about the hope, you're not realizing that the faith you struggle with is because you don't want what God has offered. I don't know. I think I'll publish a book. I don't look at how many pages this has. My Bible has um, 1890 pages. I'm going to publish a book. I'm going to tell a story. Says God, it's going to be bigger than War and Peace. It's going to be bigger than the what that, what that Lord of the Rings thing? Armies marching across the landscape the dead being raised, people walking on water, man, this thing's going to be popping. No, I want to memorize Lord of the Rings instead. I want to choke the life out of you. I want to memorize the Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah, some Englishman, Roman Catholic, wanted to make some stuff up. That's more important. Oh, I wish that, what's that awful place, Hogwarts was real? David is yearning to dwell in the house of the Lord, the actual Lord. Where's your hope? What do you want? Therefore, verse 13, the last verse of our sermon, gird up your minds, be sober, set your hope fully upon the grace that is coming to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. up your panties you're a big boy now be sober gird up your mind think about your hope the hope you have in Christ because without that hope being ministered to you in your meditations without you going after what God has offered and asking yourself am I just hoping that church will keep my kids off of drugs is that what you're using church for Some sort of, you know, youth group is hell. We're never going to have one. It probably causes drug use. What do you want from Jesus Christ? What do you want to have happen? If you minister your hope or to your hope or draw it out, What do I want to talk about when I talk with other people with the hope? It's salvation in it, because that's the faith, the assurance of things hoped for. I always wondered, I was always big on the gird up your minds, be sober part, because I like girding up minds, and I like being sober. And I always sort of glossed over, set your hope fully on the grace that is coming to you. At the revelation of jesus christ (laughs) glad i looked at it again set your hope fully let's thank god dear lord we're very grateful for all that you have offered all that you have set into motion the centuries that you have played your will in and spoken of the great things of your son we'd ask that we would honor that with our hope and that our hope assured would be faith unto salvation. In your son's name we pray, amen.